Hello, and welcome to Magic is Real, a podcast focused on the fascinating world of near-death experiences, spirit communication, and all things metaphysical and spiritual. The mission of this project is to share messages of hope and inspiration with others, and to spread the word that death is only an illusion. Thank you for being here with an open heart and mind. I wish you peace, light, and love always. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Magic is Real. I'm Shannon Torrance, and I'm a medium, and I'm also a human being. I am a soul living in a human body. And today, I have with me someone very, 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 very special to me. He is one of my dear friends. His name is Desi Valentine. I get chills just talking about him because he's one of my favorite humans in the world. And I have Desi here today. He is a uh, recording artist. He's a beautiful vocalist, musician, songwriter, performer. However, I recently found out while I was looking at his Instagram that after all this time of knowing him, I didn't even know he was a shamanic energy healer and a transformative, wait, transformational coach. And I reached out to him and was like, wait, wait a second, what are you doing this too? So we have uh, deep dived. I have, I flew to LA, not 100% just to have a session with him, but it was like 75% the reason why I went out there. So with that being said, I want to welcome you, Desi. Thank you so much for being here on Magic is Real. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Um, we've been talking about doing this for a really while, a long while now, so yep. that it's finally here. I'm so excited. Um, I was very uh, enthusiastic about the fact that we were on this similar journey. And I am going to ask you now uh, to first share with us what it is that you do as a transformational coach, as a shamanic healer. And yeah, just kind of explain it. I know it's a lot, but the best you can. Uh, yes, um, I try my best to be as concise as I can. So predominantly I am creating shamanic sacred ceremonies. Um, so for anybody that doesn't know about ceremony, it's ultimately creating a ritualistic space to invite in healing energies. Um, I work with a beautiful team of angels and archangels connecting to ancestors, ancestry. Um, whoever I'm working with, I'm working with their team in the unseen as well, angels, guides, uh, ancestors. Uh, I work with the Akashic Records, so I'm getting access to all of this beautiful information throughout time and space. And predominantly, I'm working with plant medicine, um, predominantly psilocybin medicine. Um, so really ultimately working with the energetics, uh, clearing, uh, reconfiguring, centering, and um, energizing and activating and catalyzing all of the the systems, the chakras, the organs, the cells, the blood, all of the above, um, and ultimately creating a safe and beautiful container to do this very, um, very delicate and powerful work. So that's that's the the ceremony part. That's the shamanic energy healer part. Uh, and then transformational coaching is how to prepare, how to integrate from these peak experiences, whether it be working with me or not. Um, a lot of the time, not a lot of emphasis is put on integration. So that's one of the big things that I really do in the coaching side of things is give you the tools to weave these practices into your life on a daily basis, because it's not a, just a one and done thing. It is a thing that you commit to and make a practice of it. Very well said. And I can attest to the fact that specifically working with you is a magical experience. As everyone here can tell, you are a bright light. You are just so positive and warm and uh, comforting, just really comforting. And what really uh, fascinated me 
in so much of it, um, this wasn't just like an hour session that we had. It was like hours. It was an afternoon. It was an experience. And we did it together. And I, I just felt so held and so supported and so loved. And it's not just because I know you. You do the, the, you radiate that energy for all. You're a very uh, non-judgmental and just gentle person who really has this passion for the work. And it's very evident. And I'm also going to say a special treat, two special treats, in addition to all the others. Um, first of all, there's ceremonial cacao, which was phenomenal. Oh, also the soup you made. I don't want to like hype it up in case you don't do that all the time. That's safe, but that was literally the best soup I've ever had in my life. But what I love is that you also sing, you know, you sang and it was so beautiful, but also you also connected with your guides, with my guides, and you did an intuitive there's a, there's a section of the healing that involves this uh, intuitive work, which you can call it whatever you want. It's similar to what I do as a medium, but you're really communicating with the other side. And I found what you said to be spot on accurate. And we are friends, but we're not the kind of friends that talk every single day. We've known each other. We've been in the same circles. You don't know every little thing about my life, but you had it right. And so on that note, I'm so interested to know how did all this begin for you what was little desi like you must have been so cute um where were you what was your what was your upbringing what were your spiritual beliefs and how did you uh kind of come to the place that you are now so i uh, my story ultimately begins in london so i'm sure you figured it out but i'm born and raised in london um and when i was 10 years old, um, I was told that magic didn't exist. And it's so funny that, of course, this podcast is called uh, Magic is Real, because I knew that it was. I knew it. I, I, there was something was deep inside me. It was like, I don't think that you're right about that. I think that there's something going on that we can't see that I'm very aware of. So I literally went to go and find it. And what does a 10 year old looking for something, to, you know, where do they go? They go to the yellow pages. So I went to the yellow pages and went through the directory and tried, I was like, okay, I'm going to find magic. I know it exists. And I found a metaphysical magic supply store in Covent Garden. And I was like, okay, like I know, I, I knew it. This is, this is something so I went, <laughs> I went, um, and this is bearing in mind, this is 27 years ago. So it was kind of a different time, um, but you know, I was allowed to go to like, get on the train to go to little places and different things if I had a friend with me kind of thing. Anyway, so I went to this beautiful store called Mysteries um, which is actually still in Covent Garden now. Oh, wow. It's moved location, but it still exists. And when I walked in, I found this incredible store full of crystals and candles and amulets and, and Buddhas and water features and all of these different interesting things and interesting people and, and these, you know, I just was like, I knew that it existed. I knew it. And I knew that that was where I belonged. Like I just, I, th this is not the first time that my soul has done this kind of work. So it very quickly, even at a young age like that, was in the recognition of like, where am I to be and found it. So saved up my pocket money and bought my first a um, little incantation book of um, Wiccan spells and and started to study uh, working with the elements and understanding the outer world of all that is available to us. It's like the in the ways of Wiccanism and magic, paganism, they it's all of these things are these beautiful birthright. Now the sun's energy, our body, our skin, our, is is already knows how to take this energy and bless our lives with it, and bless our and nourish ourselves with it. So with 
magic. That's what we're doing. We're connecting to all the, the energy that's available and working with it to help other people, to bring healing, to amplify and help our own lives and, and be of service more. So it's from, that's originally how it all started. So from there, really beginning to study, understand, uh, like all that is available that's there and really started to create my own spells and create my own like elixirs and, and, and like it was, yeah. So it was, I really got very, very deeply into it at that, at that point of my life. Yeah. I was going to say that, excuse me, I have an itch there for a second. Uh, I was going to say that I felt so strongly as you were saying, telling me the story that your soul already knew this stuff. Because for a kid that young, I mean, yes, you have a very self, uh, you have a lot of self-confidence and comfort with yourself. But I do think when you're that young and you're just like, I know this and I'm not backing down, I'm not gonna let anybody tell me differently. It's usually because you're an old soul and you've done this before. This isn't your first time around. And it really does feel that way, knowing you, but also having, having heard your story. Um, and can you tell me after you, when you, while you were doing all of this, I also used to go to crystal shops and buy all the, spend my allowance on crystals and going to the, and I also went to the library and looked up witch, witchcraft spells and things like that as well. And I just remember being fascinated by it um, and, and wondering what could be, what, what could be, but I wasn't as brave as you were with it. I don't think I trusted it enough uh, at the time. So, but there's always this curiosity as a child anyway, into this, this world of imagination, which I think we're so, it's so stifled as we go into um, typical schools and we get into the world and there's this whole sort of, uh, we have to go to college and get a job and do all the things and learn all this information, which is great. And yet it sometimes stifles that part of ourselves, which is our sixth sense and which really isn't magic. It's just normal but we call it magic because it seems so rare. So I'd love to know, as you were developing, when you're a kid, what are you starting to notice about how you're perceiving the world? Are you receiving messages from spirit um, and that sort of thing? What, are, what, if, what were your ex spiritual experiences? So some of my spiritual experiences were really, really incredible. And in that there's a story I would love to actually share with you. Love it. So rather than, like, I had this very unshakable gut, like it was this, a connection to the gut, like I knew, like it wasn't, it wasn't very wishy-washy as to what, where I should I go, what should I be? And I, I was very like, I know it. And I, it was less, it was less like communicating with my guides and having it be a thing in which, I was in a communication because I wasn't aware of that yet. That wasn't, it didn't come until later on in life, but I was plugged into whatever that is. So it was a knowingness more than anything else. It was a knowingness. So the, I didn't have any teachers. I was doing this all myself. The teachers were the books and, and my instincts, I suppose. And what one time, so, I think I was about 15, 14 or 15. And me and my friends were like drinking because this is what it's like in England. We get drinking very, very early. So oh, we did too. Don't let, don't let the laws fool you. <laughs> well, I'm not saying good that you were drinking early, but I I'm know. the only one. Validated. <laughs> uh, but so we were all hanging out, me and my friends had a, quite a lot to drink and I'm an ex-gymnast. So I, they would always get me to do like backflips to entertain them, that entertain them or somersaults or whatever. And they're like, oh, come on, Des, do some flips. Like, come on, do some flips. So I was like, oh, I don't think it's a good idea. I've had too much to drink blah, blah, blah. and they're like, come on, do it. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. So I'm doing these backflips and I go onto my hands and 
then I'm like in a handstand and then I like swing my legs down and smash my kneecap into the cement. And it, I was like, uh oh, like it was really bad. Like I could barely walk on it. It was so bad. And I, I was beginning to panic because I was in performing arts school at the time. You know, I was training as a dancer and a singer and all of these things. So I was a performer, I was very active. So the concept of like an, an injury like this could have been literally catastrophic for me. So I get home and it's a full moon. And I know, I was like, you have to do something about this right now, right now just my instinct kicking in. So I did what do we call drawing down the moon. So you can pull the, the healing essence and energy of the moon down and work with it. So I ended up bringing the powerful power of the moon into my knee and working with it. And I never done anything like that before but it just was very intuitive and I just knew what to do. Anyway, so, and bearing in mind, I still was kind of drunk as well. So yeah. I was like, okay, you know, whatever, I'll do what I can. I go to sleep, I wake up in the morning, and I get like stand up and I stand up and I almost forget that I would injured myself because when I check in on it, I put my hand on my knee and it is, healed, completely gone without a trace, without a trace of it. To the point where I was like, I, I, I'm like, did that actually happen? Like, because there's not even, just even from a practical standpoint, even if something has healed a fair amount, you'll still have some tenderness somewhat around the area to, to move, the actual kneecap itself would be painful, completely healed. And at that moment, I knew that I was like, that I have an affinity for what this is. And we're understanding that we can actually heal people with what this is. This is, this is from the moon. This is yeah. here. So what I, to have that experience and to understand the power and the fullness of what was possible was truly incredible. That is amazing. If you've ever banged your knee like that, you know that's not the kind of thing that just goes away. It's so painful. I think the only thing as painful in my experience is like breaking your nose. I haven't broken it, but I've smashed my nose really hard. And the knee and the nose are the two most painful places I've ever injured. So that is incredible and so encouraging. And can you speak a little bit about why this works and how we summon the energy of the moon? Is it just simply intention? Um, is there a trick to it? And why does it work? And why isn't it something that everybody knows about and can just do? Well, the reason why everybody doesn't know about it is we have a long history of, you know, organized religion coming into the space of spirituality and ultimately wanting to disempower the individual and have it be an organized church or an organized, you know, religion of some sort to gather and control people, you know, you know, we're dealing with like archaic times from back in the day, but they've really made their way into the modern world so, so fiercely that most people don't believe what they can't see with their own two eyes. And, and or unless it's coming from Western medicine or unless it's coming from like, there are times in our human evolution in which you know, mystics like ourselves were what you, who you went to. 
That's what it was like, okay, these are the people that know how to work with the earth. These are the people that know how to work with spirits. These are the people that know how to work with energy. And you would go to them. So it'd be like an apothecary or, you know, people working with herbs from uh, different uh, different plants and different ways. And, and there was a lot more openness to mysticism in these other time periods throughout life and then now we're kind of in a revolution of that it's now become very trendy to be you know into spirituality and crystals and essential oils and wellness and all of these things and and i'm a full yes to that because of all of the fads that we've had throughout my lifetime this one actually feels like it's like even if you're not even really doing the full work at least you're doing something that is representing positively at least you're doing something that is actually like you know it's doing more good than it is harm you know and that and bringing people into that awareness and then we destigmatize what it is to be a person that works in the healing space or be a person that works in the medium guidance space or whatever that ends up being so people can get access to other ways to help heal and expand their lives it's not just this particular set of ways because not those things work for everyone and a lot of the time it's not about ultimately getting people better fully. You know, there's there's strings attached financially and not that it's not a good thing to have people be paid to, to you know, like doctors be paid well and all of these things, but it doesn't seem quite clean. It seems like a lot of the time there's a lot of side effects or there's a lot of ways to keep people kind of sick, like always. So have this anxiety medication every day, have this thing every, so you're dependent on it rather than bringing people into the place of being well, fully well and healed and, and, and like thriving and living life in that respect. Yeah, I love the way that you said all of that. They're now starting to use these modalities even in medical settings in some circumstances where people are open to it and there's space for it, which I think is beautiful. Uh, Reiki healing is one. I'm Reiki certified. And I've heard from other Reiki practitioners, oh, I'm working in hospitals. I'm, I mean, I think the as long as who's it hurting? I mean, even if you don't quite believe it, give it it's worth a try, you know, with with a lot of people in the scientific realm aren't necessarily trained to be open to it. But I think now they are more and more. There's more of an openness. Um, there's more awareness of the fact that something's happening when uh, patients, for example, are passing on. Even the medical professionals can see there's something happening, that they're reaching out for loved ones, that they're saying the same things, that they have this big blissful smile on their face, for example. Um, and so it's really, it's really encouraging to see that more and more people are opening themselves to this. And I would love to hear specifically about what shamanic healing is all about. Of course. So we use in shamanic healing, we use indigenous practices and tools to bring about an amplified and uh, focused like distribution of healing energy. So it is part of it is the communication and working with spirits and spirit uh, and kind of working with with that energy. So I work with medicine or without, but we can still access so much of the spirit and the spirits of this shamanic teachings, these shamanic ways with or without the medicine. So I've seen some incredible things without any psychedelic medicine present at all. And people have, have been able to go into psychedelic spaces without any medicine there because it's truly a frequency thing. And the more that you do it and the more you become trained and, and you have an affinity with these ways of working, it's the same with everything 
the more you do it, the better you get at it. The more you do it, the more you trust it. And the more you trust it, the better it works. So there's these incredible wands that I use, that I've, some of which I've created, some of which I've found incredible, you know, shamanic tool makers so they want they actually create these tools for us to work drums and shakers and um there's these ways to serve this blowing medicine called hape where it's like it's served through the nose it's like a blowing pipe and these beautiful ornate designs and carved woods that are used there's for me personally i work very powerfully with crystals so taking the natural frequency of these crystals from the earth and they have their own energetic signature and properties that they bring so whether it be for protection or for banishing negative energies or for stabilizing and grounding the energy or for bringing abundance and fertility and all of these different ways. There's a literally a crystal for everything. Um, so I work deeply with them in the shamanic space to placing them on the body in the different chakra areas and moving the energy that is channeled through me, through the crystals, activating them. The crystals are activating me and bringing my uh, ability to a heightened degree as well. I work with essential oils and I actually have uh, a product line. I'm the founder and CEO of DV Elemental, which is basically products to turn self-care into ceremony. So we have like aura cleansing uh, sprays and sleep enhancing sprays and body scrubs and all of these other pieces, beautiful candles and um, giving people an easy play-by-play, step-by-step way for them to bring some self-care into their daily ritual, daily ceremony. So all of these pieces coming together and then with the music element, like the shamanic music, there's medicine, medicinal music that's created by these different tribes and different artists all over the world. I myself have written uh, beautiful medicine songs that that are almost like like prayers or invocation that you play on the guitar and sing and that deepens the the healing and and there's something about the way that music can penetrate that goes into some of those places you just can't get any other way that is such a powerful thing so you know, with sound and scent and setting and all of the many pieces, it's it's a very involved uh, practice. It takes a lot of devotion to to be the cleanest and clearest receiver of that, and to be the cleanest and clearest like channel and vessel for this energy to come through you and for you to work with that so it's it's you know i i at times float up out of my body and just look at my what i'm doing for a living and i'm like you're so weird (laughs) (laughs) but i love it i know i I love it too i'm just like there's something and you know what's interesting is me fully stepping into this work and this world I feel more grounded and centered than ever, even though I have this very mystical life, you know, this very energetic life, you know, that's so unconventional, but I just, I'm in such deep peace with myself and in celebration for the beautifully bizarre human being that I am. And um, yeah, so, that's that's a as best I can put it into words what the shamanic energy healing portion is and what that works what that what my way of working is yeah I feel so similarly that the more woo I get the more 
grounded, I feel. So it's a really beautiful, been a beautiful gift for me too. I would love to know what is it, not what does it take, but what, how do you learn the art of shamanic healing? What did you do? I know everyone's path is different, but I know that people actually do work under shamans and, um, but I don't, I don't really know a lot about what that whole process entails. So share whatever you like about that. Of course. Um, so I, I did study under, uh, as shamanic practitioner, teacher, um, named Zahara Zimring and, uh, she's profound. I was, she's one of my dear friends anyway, but, um, I went into my very first heroic dose of um, psilocybin mushroom medicine um, and did a solo journey like that with, and a, for anybody that doesn't know, a heroic dose is anywhere from five grams of medicine, of mushroom medicine, upwards of that. So, you know, it's very intense. It's very, very, very deep. Um, and on the other side of this ceremony, I was shown that I am to facilitate this medicine and that I am to steward this medicine. Uh, and I am to study with this person. So I was shown Zahara, this is who you're supposed to study with. So we went into an intensive coaching um, situation, coaching program um for four months and working one-on-one -on -one, she facilitated me uh and coached me through the limitations that were blocking me from my fullness my fullest potential um there's something to be said about doing this work that you you ultimately to i think i said it a little earlier on but you ultimately have to be as clean a vessel as you can. So you're not bringing your own baggage and your own things into the space and projecting any of that onto what the, who the, what the client is. It's not your opinion. It's not what you think is the best thing to do or what you think you should do. It really is being in the listening and using your intuitive gifts to really discern what is needed, what is being shown. I'm connecting to ancient spirits of this medicine. I'm connecting to my guides and angels and, and uh, archangels and ancestors that are way, they're way more wise than I could ever be in this lifetime. So it's just in this delicate balance between the two worlds and bringing that in. So this is the way that working with a teacher like that, and specifically her, she will be able to use her expertise and her skills to see the places where you aren't seeing yourself, to see the places where you are shrinking instead of expanding, where you are trying to create movement when you should be still, and, and being able to teach you to source your energy properly. We, me and Zahara don't do exactly the same thing. Like I, she is, it, our gifts express differently. So ultimately it's supporting and guiding somebody to find their way rather than trying to teach your exact way of doing things. Yeah. So it's like, and such an interesting and beautiful thing. And then on the other side of my work with her, it, she basically took all of the pieces of everything that I was doing kind of separately and brought it all together into one container of working and that, that container has been continually evolving ever since then. So, you know, taking people through these transformational containers of, of a month or three months or six months of working with me, or now I'm doing more of these one-off activations these one-off ceremonies and then doing the coaching after the fact and being able to support them in that and it's like the the right people and the right ways of working that 
it's me showing up as the best version of myself so I can give you, give you the tools to show up as the best version of yourself. Yeah, I appreciate the way you described it because what it feels to me is that what it feels like is definitely there are things you have to know and there are things you have to learn, especially when you're dealing with plant medicine. And I want to ask you about that specifically. But before I do that, I, I'm very interested in, uh, it seems like so much of this is just intuitive. I mean, not just intuitive, intuitive plus tools, because I know from working with you too, that you have a very personalized I think all healers do, but you have a very personalized execution of this ceremony. And I think so much of it is what you're feeling in your heart, what you feel led to in that moment, what you feel that person needs, what you intuit. And I know you have a semi-structure in a way that you do it, but it's going to be different for everyone. So I'm really interested to know how you personally use your intuition in this work. And also how do you personally, because it's all different, receive the information from guides and from from spirit generally but how do you desi perceive and interpret the information that comes from the unseen world that's a great question so for me my gifts my strongest and most developed gifts are my clairvoyance so the ability to see beyond what we can see with our own two eyes so third eye activation, being able to see full visions in my mind's eye and be able to see energetic fields, um, understand and, and see what has happened in the past, what is happening here present and what will happen or could happen in the future. All of these things plugged into my second sight. So and it's interesting because I, for the longest time, I was trying to access it through closing my eyes. Mm -hmm. And it's actually, my gifts work better eyes open. So I can look with my, hear my physical eyes and be able to see in my mind's eye in like a screen it's like a screen that's like here and that's where it's all i'm getting words visuals a lot of the time it's like instead of it the words it's it's actual visuals and actual things that had happened in the past or or ways that i would interpret it so for instance you know, seeing a boulder in the middle of a stream and then seeing this beautiful stream there and what this boulder represents will be directly linked to what the client is is talking about and going through at the time. So at that moment, you're so much about discernment, but that is my guides or their guides communicating to me in a way that is very clear. So that can mean that there's something, an obstacle directly in the way and it needs to be cleared, or it could be something that is leading you in two different directions that you are. So you are in the discernment of that and it's same way. You just have to get good at listening. Like get really, really good at listening and interpreting. And the more you do it, you have this communication with your team. They know how to speak to me. They know how that I will interpret. And then with that, be able to, I love the imagery. I love to be able to explain things with imagery because sometimes people don't understand something when you just say it like it's, like fact, da, 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 da. but to explain it like that, it makes it even more real. They can step into it themselves. They can see their own version of what a stream looks like. They can see their own version of what a boulder in a stream looks like. So you're gonna remember that. You're gonna feel that some more. So you're kind of getting a chance to paint on a canvas much more deeply than you would do than just me telling you what you know, what 
is kind of coming through in this more like linear form. Um, the other gift that is most developed is clairsentience. So the ability to feel on this deep level, like a lot of people identify as empaths and that this is an, a heightened version of what that is. So this is like an amplified version of that. So you can, I can feel what is physically going on in somebody else's body in their field. I can feel it past, present or future. So being able to use the dimension of what had happened, what is happening and what will happen to give the most incredible guidance. For example, being able to feel, tell somebody that leading into, say for instance, they're wanting to leave this one job and we've discovered that there's this other secret desire that they have of another job that it is, uh, that they're wanting to step into. In this clairsentience, I'm able to feel what it will feel like for them when they are in that new job, in that new frequency. So I can feel the openness of where it is. I can feel what was blocked here in the solar plexus. And now I know that there's the openness that's there. The heart itself is open. The mind and creativity is open. So the ability to use that as another thing to cross-reference. So, so much of it is cross-referencing. So you can be as accurate as possible. So with that, with the clairsentience in pranic healing, which is my uh, predominant training as a healer, we use the body to scan, to energize, to uh, as a barometer, basically. So we're using the natural uh, instincts of the body as a way to like do muscle testing and you can you can sweep and scan using the intelligence of your body to get a read on whether something is right for this person or not whether this timing is right for this person or not so it's another way to cross reference so with the clairvoyance the clairsentience this ability to feel and then the intelligence of the the body the wisdom of the body so we have all of these ways to cross-reference and the final one i would say is the most developed is clear cognizance yes it is the knowing it's the the amplified version of that gut that instinct that knowing that and we all have it to a certain degree, but certain people obviously have trained it. Certain people have got an amplified natural ability with it. Um, I always use the analogy, well, not so much an analogy, but like everybody for the most part knows how to walk, to run. You know, these are the simple things, uh, but not everybody is gonna be able to run like the fastest sprinter in the world. There's this thing, a natural affinity to have it be that much amplified. It's like that much of a natural gift that they can just do it. It takes their body. It doesn't mean you're not gonna, you don't have to train, but it means that you already have this uh, predisposition that's already in your body and your cells. It's the same with healing, it's the same with intuition. So you have these ways, like I have been working with energy and the elements since I was 10 years old. So it's very natural for me. I've always been very empath um, empathic. I've always been the person that people would come to with their, their problems or their secrets or their thing or like to be held and supported it's a very natural thing for me to be using these gifts and to ultimately heal yeah that's awesome you you described exactly the way that 
I work too. Just, it, I think not everybody does have the uh, same kind of process or the same strengths, but that's exactly how I do mediumship as well. It's, I'm very clairvoyant. I bet you, like me, are a very vivid dreamer. I'm a very lucid dreamer. Always have, have been. Is that right about you too? Or well, not? For me, actually, uh, I, it's not been the case for me, but I think it's because, just from my own understanding of it, I think it's because that part of me is so active during my waking hours that I actually sleep like a rock. Yeah. Like, I am not, I'm on, so the concept of having these really vivid dreams at the same time and still using that gift uh, I, it has not been my experience and I'm kind of grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. That I've always been a very, very vivid dreamer. Everything's very colorful, very real. And so for me, I'm very visual and that's how I perceive a lot of the information. But as we strengthen our abilities, we're meant to use all of our clairs in tandem. And so now I can say, okay, I see this thing, but I don't know what that means. And the person I'm maybe reading for is not quite sure either. So that's when I move to my next, I just say, all right, what does it feel like it is? Like, what's the, you know, my cleric sentience. I'm getting this feeling from this image. And now I'm going into, I just know. I know that what they're trying to say is, I just know it. And sometimes I'll just kind of sit with someone and say, uh, you come from a single parent household and, and you were always left alone. And they're like, yeah. I don't know how I know that. I just know it. It just It's through osmosis. It's through just knowing the way that I know my own name. So I love the way that you described it because I think uh, I just saw a medium on Instagram describe it as, he said, everybody is able to be a medium. And yes, some are, you know, some can, can do it a little bit. Some are really powerful at it. But really, he said, all it is is shifting your awareness. That's all it is. But it's not as easy as that for most of us, where it's like, okay, I shift my awareness, but it does take so much practice. As you said, uh, cross, what did you say? Cross referencing. Cross referencing. And that's how you learn, okay, this is not coming from my mind. This is coming from the unseen world. And I know this because I'm checking it against all these other um, factors and, and information I'm receiving. Um, and I know from your giving me feedback when I'm reading you that what I'm receiving is correct. And that's how we continue to get better and say, well, when my sitter told me that that information resonated, how did I feel in my body? Well, that felt really right. Or I felt a chill or I felt this and it takes, it's so subtle. So I think a lot of what we, well, I know a lot of our work involves getting to know your own soul, how your own energy feels so that you can separate it from the energy of the spirit world. And that's actually the work. I mean, that's actually a lot of the work that goes on behind the scenes that people don't realize. I think that, you know, for me, I meditate every day um, and I sit with spirit and I just don't try to communicate with them. I just let myself feel my own energy. Let's be in your own energy. Let's feel it and be familiar with what I, my soul feels like, as opposed to when another energy moves in, another soul moves into the space okay now i can feel it's a little bit different what would you say about that if you have thoughts oh i just i love the way that you just put that um because it really is ultimately about awareness and i'd say a lot and it's so much about the listening yeah. like it really is being able to listen and to witness so the better that you know yourself the deeper your understanding of what that is and it feels like to be you and your own energy when you are working with somebody else is that same thing you there's a richness of what is available when you are working with somebody else and for me i for i just wanted to establish a boundary like a beautiful working relationship with my with my gifts and my relationship to spirit because i didn't want to have full access to all the fullness of my gifts all the time i didn't i was like that seems like it's going to be 
an overwhelming thing when I first got started. So initially, I mean, I do an opening blessing and opening prayer when I'm working in the space with a client or clients um, and a closing prayer. And I communicate that that was going to be my way to unlock the full like full access of my channel, the full access of my gifts and the full, and over the years now, it's gotten to the point where I I have access to the fullness of it really whenever I want to, but it's not a bullying thing for me. It's not a thing that uh, like takes over and, you know, I've got all of these spirits and things talking to me all the time. It's, it's very peaceful. Mm-hmm very peaceful way of living and for the most part I just feel like a regular Joe just kind of doing my thing but I do have access to when I am when somebody comes up into my mind you know there's a lot of the time there's a reason for that so I'll reach out to that person or whatever it is and and just yeah it's just like as like I've got I'm so grateful for the sweetness of my relationship with spirit and my gifts this point also beautifully said that's the thing i'm the same it's not like people are like do you see anything around me i'm like well i'm not purposely trying to read people around me occasionally i'll get a snippet of information and i'll just ask them about it but it's we live normal you know we live normal lives but what we do is we're just more aware it's we just see things differently a little bit differently now at least i do um differently than i did before is what i mean uh, now it's just a matter of, uh, yeah, just it's this new awareness that, hey, hey, pay attention to that thought. Hey, wait a second. Like you said, I used to always close my eyes when I was training for mediumship. I, I was like, how can people read with their eyes open? Now I can't, I sometimes close my eyes if I really am having trouble deciphering something. But for the most part, I just look away. I look, you're sitting here. I look at an angle just so I'm not focused on you too much and your responses, but I'm really able to just, as you said, see with your eyeballs and then also see with your third eye, which is you get used to it. You start to go, okay, yeah, like I'm sitting with you, but I also am seeing in the back of my mind, like a scene, you know, and I, but, and we all do that, but we don't even know it's happening until you're trained, pay attention to what's going on underneath. And then you're like, oh yeah, I'm seeing you sitting there in your beautiful linen shirt. And I'm also in the back of my mind, able to see, uh, to imagine like a Kroger grocery store at the same time and know exactly what it looks like while looking at you. I don't know why I thought Kroger. I was just picturing like the grocery store on La Brea for some reason. I don't even know if it's a Kroger. Um, but, (laughs) but so now I really want to dive into what plant medicine does for us. Why does it do what it does? How can it help us? Um, and of course, with the disclaimer that it's not right for everybody, which you've said too, that not all of your healings, um, use medicine and, and, you know, obviously if you're mentally ill, make sure that you know that first and don't come into it expecting, you know, not to have a reaction because it still has an impact on your brain, but I'm just saying that as a disclaimer. So I'd love to know all about it because it's a a really strong interest of mine. Um, and not, I would never do a drug in my life again. I used to do, take drugs, psychedelics in college and after that. And, um, but now that I've become entered into the spiritual phase, I'm so now open to plant medicine, you know, um, herbs, medicine, medicine, and, and I found it to be very beneficial. So I'd love to hear what your, uh, knowledge and experiences of this. So we are in we're in the midst of a of a psychedelic revolution we are we really are the brightest minds in the in the world are having these not only scientific but very very highly mystical experiences and these incredible minds are now able to use their science background to quantify and get data and all of the facts and statistics of this work actually working. And as much as there always will be a a mysterious, mystical, like X ingredient that we can't quite put 
into data. Um, what we can and what we have done is now see that with a lot of the psychological disorders and um, all of these different emotional processes, complex trauma, uh, depression, anxiety, addiction, uh, mood disorders, all of these different pieces that are rife in the human condition at this moment. Like some of the biggest, the biggest things that people, all humans across the globe are suffering from somewhat to a varying degree obviously as a you know some places that aren't dealing with that but for the most part in the western world we are dealing with a lot of that and these psychedelics especially plant medicine but of course there are other psychedelics as well um that we're getting these incredible data to back it up like people that have been doing talk therapy and aggressive psychotherapy for years, like war veterans and all of these different people with deep, deep, deep trauma, abuse, abandonment, all of these things are seeing remarkable results. Like not just like, oh, it's a little bit better, but remarkable, like, 70 percentile, 80 percentile of the clinical trials that have been happening, have been conducted, have people coming back with either their complex trauma completely gone or severely reduced, severely really, um, uh, their quality of life significantly better. Um, compulsive disorders, eating disorders, all of these different things. And the way that it works from the scientific standpoint, I am not a doctor, but I know the science of what this is and the neuroplasticity of the brain. So when we are traumatized or when we are uh, creating these, when our mind is ultimately creating these patterns, whether it be, you know, fluctuations of different chemicals through released through the mind, through depression, all of these different ways, this psychedelic medicine, predominantly, I'm working with psilocybin, so let's say psilocybin, is able to bring people into a place in the mind where they can safely go to the places that they had been traumatized and witness it without being re-traumatized, without being re-triggered, without being reactivated, and not having the, the walls of the mind closed down to protect itself. So it seemed like these are places that they just couldn't go. The mind had deemed that it was not safe to go to. So in these psychedelic journeys, we're able to lead people into those places where they were most afraid or they were most uh, hurt or damaged in those things, seeing and witnessing and, and even physically experiencing things that were so heavy and traumatic and have them be able to be in that place, understand it, witness it, be able to actually reframe and re-understand and get new dimensions on what that thing was. Because the reality is it happened then, it is not happening to you now. And that's the piece that the mind, this, this uh, medicine is able to bring the mind into right relation with itself and create these new ways of thinking, healing and addressing the old trauma and creating new neuro pathways that means that your mind can make a different choice. So uh, what we've seen is absolutely astronomical what i have seen in my work with clients i've worked with depression clients complex ptsd clients um eating disorder clients uh, you know abuse all of these different uh 
demographics of people and the different traumas that they've had and being able to bring them to a place, a deeper understanding of themselves, acceptance of themselves, celebration of themselves, peace and harmony into their mind and body, the relationship between the two things and bring them to a place of simply being able to access more happiness and joy. What a beautiful thing to be able to do for people to help them facilitate their own healing, which, uh, you know, we we aren't the healers. We help. I mean, we are facilitating healing, but um, we help other people to continue to help themselves past that initial uh, moment in time. So it's such a beautiful collaborative thing where you are healing, but they're also healing themselves. And it's such a, uh, a bond. I mean, I find I'm even just reading people and just bringing them that sense of comfort between the spirit world and that person and me, I've, you know, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, how can I keep in touch with every single person that I've ever worked with, but I want to, because I feel like we're family now, because it's so intimate what we do, but really their healing is the most rewarding thing. I know you can attest to that as well. Um, just being able to hear from them. I always say, keep in touch. Let me know how things turn out. And it's so cool to hear where they were today and where they are down the line. But also, I love the idea of psilocybin resetting the brain. Uh, and that's something that I have a strong interest in, just having been born with severe, I don't even like to call it anxiety disorder, because I don't think anxiety is a disorder. I think that anxiety is a survival mechanism. And that as a human, uh, a, a highly sensitive person, when I read that book, The Highly Sensitive Person, the author said that there's nothing wrong with us. We're just more sensitive because we were the 15% 15, 15 of the population were designed to be the protectors of the herd in the sense that we were the alarm bells. So we're so sensitive, we can hear that rustle in the bush. Everyone else is just hanging out, doing their thing. We're like, what's that? What's that noise? So we're hypervigilant by design. And it's it's because we're meant to tell the hunters or whatever, the, the the defenders of the pack, all right, we have to go into battle right now. Yeah, watch out, something's going on. Yeah. 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 And so it serves a purpose, unfortunately, in our society, it can be detrimental because we're always hypervigilant to the point where we start to have panic attacks, and, um, anxiety, fear, when really, and, and maybe a lot of the time we have anxiety simply because we're connecting with the spirit world and we're receiving a lot of information and it's not bad. It's just that our sensitive systems are on overdrive trying to process everything. So I don't really think it is a disorder, at least anxiety itself. It can be part of other disorders, you know, um, you know, clinical depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, and that sort of thing. But I do think that's so awesome. And I really, I'm looking forward to a day when Plant medicine is widely accepted and you can just get a prescription for it. They're now, I mean, you know, remember when ketamine was considered a, like a rave drug? Yes. And I just did it recently and I was like, oh, it's, an, I didn't know it was an anti-inflammatory. It actually prolongs your life. Um, it's probably not something you want to do like out in public because you're not going to be with it. But it's, um, I haven't done the deep dive one where you actually go in, but it's helped so many people I know with their severe depression, which fortunately I don't suffer from, but it has helped them so much when nothing else did. So I thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I would love for you to share what's coming up for you. What kinds of, um, I know that what kinds of services are you currently offering? Um, and anything else that you want to share about projects you're working on? services you offer uh, so of course i i'm actually about to embark on one of the biggest journeys of my life which is i am selling everything that i own here in la giving up my apartment fully here in la and i am going nomadic so i'm going to be traveling all over the world all over europe everywhere that I'm ultimately guided and called to serve this medicine and to heal, uh, bringing music with me to um, now working on my guitar chops to, to really bring that aspect and element into it as well. But at this moment, uh, for the last year, I've actually been feeling 
kind of stuck or stagnated somewhat, like knowing that I've outgrown this space, this apartment that I've been here, been here five years. Um, and I'm so grateful for this beautiful home. I'm in it right now uh, because it's it's been such a sanctuary for me. And the, you know, the, the metaphor of the anchor is the anchor is absolutely what you need until you don't need it anymore. And then it's actually a hindrance and it's something that's holding you in place when you're trying to fly and you're trying to soar, you're trying to sail. So in me making this decision, which I just made it less than a month ago, a few weeks ago, I, the opportunities that are now showing themselves I am flying to different people in in the world in the world and bringing this medicine and ceremony to them. So I'm I'm really ultimately a traveling medicine man at this point. I'm still able to do my transformational coaching virtually, which is wonderful. Just mm -hmm. need to have some decent Wi-Fi and can still do energy healing remotely do those mind uh, reprogramming and neurofeedback exercises and wellness exercises and breath work and all of these different tools to really coach people, whether it be before a ceremony, after a ceremony or no ceremony at all. They just ultimately want to have a touch point with somebody that can amplify them in that way too. So uh, I'll be predominantly working in the healing and ceremony space um, and then the coaching space virtually. So anyone, anywhere you are in the world, um, uh, I am traveling and I'm actually putting that on my website and keeping my website up to date with my travel plans. So if people- You're on tour, you're- I'm Actually, yes, I'm- on tour. I am on tour, I didn't even- <sighs> Like that, but I am. I'm. This is the Desi Valentine Medicine Tour. I, you are living my dream. I have such this urge to roam, and I constantly have dreams every night about where do I belong. I'm always packing in my dreams, or getting on a plane, or trying to go somewhere else. And there's always that feeling of feeling stuck because of all of this, like my recording studio, my cats, my how, my home, my things. And yet, part of me just wants to live the van life, and yet. It kind of also doesn't because I really like the the, the comfort and the, the warmth and having everything in one place. But I love that for you. And I uh, am very excited about it. I will put your uh, website link below, but can you just say it out loud for those who oh, absolutely. It's, uh, are visually impaired? Yes. <laughs> it's www.dvetransformation.com. So nice and simple, D-V-E, transformation. So exciting. And I highly, highly, highly recommend Desi's services and just being around him is healing. But I, I really believe in what you're doing, Desi. And I thank you for sharing that gift with me and sharing your heart with me and showing up to be part of Magic is Real because you're now not just a friend, but you're now Magic is Real family. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Oh, it's been so fun. You know, I just love the way that you conduct this whole thing. It's just so fun. It's so exhilarating. I, I'm just, thank you for having me. I'm so grateful. Oh, what a pleasure. It's my life. <laughs>